0: What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode 120 of Smack Talk from SmartOutMoment.com. I'm your host, as always, Tony Mango, and with me on the mic this evening, we have two people that you should recognize. We have Mr. Mike Payton.
1: Yo! It's me. It's me. It's
2: just me.
0: <laughs>
2: it's Mikey P.
0: And it's also him, Mr. Steven Wego. No. <laughs> Tonight on the show, our main event's going to be a full review of the 2014 Elimination Chamber pay-per-view coming up after the rest hold. But before we get into that, there's two other things we do first each and every week. And since this is part one, you know what that means. It's time for the wrestling trivia question of the week, otherwise known as the segment we like to call the Ask Him. So, passing this on to our very own Wegopedia, what was last week's question and who got it right?
2: Last week's question was which Elimination Chamber participants had entered at number one and won the whole thing, and what events they done it at. Um, it went to Andre Rosa, and he picked uh, The Undertaker, CM Punk, and Edge, and he was
0: correct. And I don't think I would have gotten a single one of them. So, good job, Andre. Now, Peyton, you have this week's question, right? I do have a question.
1: So, as you all know, with the Ask Him, the opening segment here on Smack Talk, the way this works is we have a two-part question. First one I ask to our panel of hosts here, and the second one I offer out to you, the listeners, to ask in the comments below. Or if you are listening on iTunes or Stitcher Radio, you can go ahead and submit it through Twitter or Facebook, or I guess there's an email you probably can, too. You can find a way to get to us. There's no real prize. It's just our admiration. You get to call your name out here on the show We also call your name out if you're wrong, too, but only instead of praising you, we make fun of you. So, either way, participate and you get your name on the show. The question this week, first off, for our host here, the topic is referees. For you fellas, this referee is best known for while he is refereeing matches wearing very short shorts.
2: Oh, you're in about the fucking TNA guy.
0: There's a guy who wears shorts in TNA? Yeah,
2: well, they used to be, but he's um, gone since...
0: Uh, his name starts with an s doesn't it
2: it does that uh, i
1: actually wasn't even referring to that guy because he's not famous for it but if, uh,
0: hmm.
1: i'll give partial credit for that one if you can name the a name
0: uh, i can't i'm out of it uh, it's dna
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: well that guy's skip johnson but there's another guy who's famous for wearing shorts while special guest refereeing and you really don't know who it is sure,
2: uh, michaels. Shawn michaels sean michaels really Yeah. Yeah. I just I did. I thought you just said refereeing. I didn't hear guest (laughs) refereeing.
0: Oh shit! Yeah, the uh, Bret Hart and Undertaker match. He was wearing it then. Um.
2: I think one of the matches he Triple H versus The Rock in
1: both Mm -hmm. matches. Yeah. Yeah. He he rocked those things. All right. All right. Well, this one's gonna go a little more old school than that. If that wasn't old school enough for you, I have been getting deep into the WWE network, and so that one has inspired this question for you, the listeners. WrestleMania 1 also featured a lot of celebrity involvements. In the main event, which featured Hulk Hogan and Mr. T teaming up against the team of Roddy Piper and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, who counted the three count at the end of the match?
0: Hmm.
1: That's your question. All
0: right, guys, if you think you know the answer, go ahead and take a guess. Leave your comments below or send a tweet at smart-out moment with the hashtag AskHim. And on the next episode, you'll win a fabulous no prize. And if you get it wrong, you'll get the punishment of Peyton instead of the go <laughs> We'll be right back on part two with the hot tags of the week. Welcome back, everybody. We're on part two of episode 120. So it's time to talk about the hot tags of the week. What went hot on in pro wrestling? Hot tags! Get your hot tags! Hot tags! Hot, hot tags! Tag. Hot tags here, get your hot tags. We're going to really start doing that and make it like as obnoxious as possible to sound like some dude selling popcorn at a stadium <laughs> or something like that. Hot tags, here, yeah, get you. I'll have two hot tags this week. <laughs> like
2: you, fucking have oh. some, you have someone continue the conversation and someone step away from his mic so it sounds like it's in the distance.
1: Yeah. <laughs> as long as you don't try to get some hot tags at MetLife Stadium, you should be okay.
0: <laughs> well, then you have to wait in line for like two hours and then that'll be cold anyway and not that good. It's like uh,
1: people are waiting for us to actually talk about the hot tags.
0: <laughs> we have a couple things to talk about this week. I actually, last night, before we recorded this, I thought that we weren't going to have any hot tags, and then Wago passed a couple of things on to me, so these are uh, sponsored by Wago, essentially.
2: The Wago verified. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so if you hate them, then take it up against them, <laughs> Yeah, uh, we have some couple uh, funny things, a couple of interesting things to talk about like that. Uh, one of them, Sin Cara appeared for a AAA ad or commercial as a silhouette because they are still aren't sure if he can be Sin Cara <laughs> or not. <laughs> Which I don't know how this works necessarily because I know copyright stuff is really confusing and there's issues with like you can trademark something but somebody else can trademark it for the exact same thing at the same time and. Like, WWE might have uh, trademarked Sin Cara, but only for places other than Mexico, and it, it's all fucking insanity, but uh, the guy who originally was playing the Sin Cara character claims that he owns the character, WWE naturally claims that they own the character because they have Unico playing the part, I don't know where this is going to end up, but I think that it's funny that they're testing the grounds and seeing like what they can get away with, but um as far as i'm concerned with the Sin Cara thing i don't really know at this point if you should bother or if you should just kind of reinvent the character and go with something completely new like the Sin Cara name really was only built on the idea of that guy from who used to be mystico coming over now that you don't have him anymore can you really continue it and i know that he's making uh merchandise sales but can't you just do them with somebody else like if you put a mask on somebody, aren't they just going to sell anyway? I don't know. Peyton, what do you think about this whole thing?
1: I really don't understand why they care so much. Um, I really think the only reason they're doing this is just to troll the the guy who was the original Sin Cara because he ended up being such a failure for them after them putting so much hype into him. Other than that, there's no reason to be continuing this. Um, legally, I don't know where this falls. I'm not a legal expert. Um for for the original guy, I mean, you were already so famous as Mystico. I don't know what the deal with that is. I'm guessing he can't just go back to being Mystico either, but can't you just be generic guys, a mask, and people will eventually figure out who you are?
0: Or like spell Mystico differently? Yeah, whatever the hell you gotta do. I don't yeah. know. Something like that. Maybe he'll do it with Synkara. It'll be like S Y N Kara or something like that. go your thoughts?
2: As much as I don't think they should continue the character, I still wouldn't let him. Uh, the old, old Sinclair keep the rights to it or try and use the rights to it. End of the day, if they can make merchandise sales off it, fucking make sure you keep it. Uh, especially after that guy who's turned out to be such a prick backstage, apparently, and he's had such a bad attitude with the whole thing. So, fuck him. Stick it to him.
0: Tyler Rex talked a little bit backstage politics, so the stop-and-start pushes. He said John Cena's a bit of a prick. And um, he sort of gave excuses to why he didn't make it further in the company. And I didn't listen to the full interview, so I don't know if he ever acknowledged that it, you know, part of it was his fault, too, because he just didn't get over with the crowd, and he had a couple of different gimmicks, and he was a heel, and he was a face, and nothing really happened. But... That's another instance of somebody trying to say that John Cena holds people down, and we've heard a lot about that, but we tend to hear a lot about that from the same group of people, and I don't know if I really necessarily believe that. That's ridiculous. It's people who are just jealous.
2: I missed who you said said this. Tyler
0: Rex. Tyler Rex? Tyler Rex? It's, and it's
2: not even that John Cena,
0: he also said
1: John Cena was a prick. You know, I'm sure John Cena can be a very cold guy sometimes. He has a tough fucking life. Mm-hmm. You know, that guy has got to go every fucking day pretty much. He never, he has this beautiful, beautiful house, never gets to see it. He is there maybe, what, two weeks out of the year if he's lucky? Maybe more than that. I don't know. But it's not a lot. He it, it, he wakes up, he goes every hour of the day until he gets to sleep. Probably doesn't get to sleep anywhere near the amount of hours he's supposed to. I'm sure when he's not on camera, he's probably kind of in a zombie state, and maybe if you try to talk to him, he's going to be a little cold. Yeah,
0: and yeah. some people don't have the same personalities to get along, period. And it doesn't mean necessarily that they're a bad guy or whatever. Some people just don't mesh as friends, so I'm sure that could rub them the wrong way, too. If they have different sense of humor or uh you know they just don't uh mesh together then that doesn't necessarily mean he's a prick i've
1: I've never heard this from somebody who's actually like a a reliable person that i would hear this so it always comes from low level guys that i would expect to hear it from you know someone like a tyler rex or who was the last guy who got really big for talking about him? was it gregory helms fucking chavo did too chavo
0: chavo Chavo did for a little bit yeah
2: so yeah.
1: Oh no no. Who was that tool who was in the Spirit Squad? Uh,
2: Kenny Dykstra. Dykstra. that guy. That freaking guy. Yeah, your problem it. yeah, your problem is you had Dyke in your fucking wrestling name.
0: Well that could be that whole Mickey James thing too.
1: <laughs> oh no, no, I, actually I noticed when we were talking earlier about how they had names that were similarly similar to celebrities. Kenny Dijkstra is obviously a ripoff of Lenny Dykstra, who was a player for the Mets in the nineteen eighty six season. Fun fact. <laughs>
2: Okay. Yeah.
0: What do you think about the Tyler X thing, Way go
2: It's funny how all these guys that weren't successful blame it on the guy who was successful. Um, if Cena was a dick, then sure, okay, he was a dick. That's no one's problem but your own. I'm sure he gets on with plenty of people as well. You fall into one crowd of people and you don't like another one. It's just normal. Uh, some people, some people just don't mesh. That's fine. Um, if Tyler really thinks it's Cena's problem, then fucking he should have worked harder and tried to work around that. Sometimes you're in the click. sometimes you're in the Bone Street crew.
0: <laughs> Bone Street. <laughs> uh, Batista heel turn in the works. Are they just going to go along with it and say, fuck it, we failed, it's not going to work, let's make him a heel and do heel versus heel at WrestleMania? Or are they going to do... Uh, Heel versus face turn Randy Orton or somebody else going to get thrown in the mix, and make it a triple threat match. And that way it'll balance out with at least one baby face in there. Payton. I'm sorry. What was that? Batista heel turn and options <laughs> around it. <laughs> Batiste is a heel. I thought he already was a heel. Well, he came as a baby face. I mean, they obviously tried that. Oh, no, he didn't.
1: I said from the beginning, this guy is going to be a heel. He was a heel when he left. That's what his attitude is going to gear best towards, regardless of how he may have been portrayed. I think it could have been like a Bo dallas situation where he's a smiling baby face but people are supposed to boo him because he is the smiling baby face and especially because he's a big-time celebrity that's coming in with that same attitude and it's about time they gave him a little bit more like to feed on what the fans are giving him if that wasn't the case because if they wanted to keep playing the straight face baby face form going in against randy orton at wrestlemania people are
0: not going to cheer him but i think by now people aren't going to cheer him no matter what happens <laughs>
1: I mean, you had the guy come in and beat up Alberto Del Rio, and that wasn't enough to get people to cheer him.
0: <laughs> On the contrary, you got people to like Del Rio more. Yeah. <laughs> That's really saying a lot.
2: Best heel ever.
0: Waco, <laughs> what do you think about a Batista heel turn?
2: I think their intentions all along were to have him as a babyface, and they just fucking botched it. And it was it's nothing that Batista did wrong. It's more so that it wasn't his time. It was Daniel Bryan's time to get that main event push. It was Daniel Bryan's time to have the spotlight on him, and Batista just waltzed in, and they put it on him, and the fans backlashed like they should. And now Batista's not going to get away from that response, so the best thing is to acknowledge that the fans are being dicks to him and that he should turn heel. Uh, I think that'll definitely be a triple threat match at Mania, because I don't think you could turn Randy Orton face at this point. People are disinterested with Orton as much as they're disinterested with Batista, so stick Sheamus in there. If you're not going to stick Daniel Bryan in there, stick someone. I don't know who you're going to put.
0: I really don't want to see Sheamus in that.
2: Uh, People aren't booing him right now. I mean, they might if he goes in the main event of Mania. I don't know who you can put in there other than Daniel Bryan and not get some type of backlash.
0: The only person I could think of would be CM Punk, and we know that that's really, really unlikely to happen.
2: Yeah, he's going to be the referee.
0: (laughs) But that brings up another thing. Chicago's Raw uh, might be hijacked. Fans are tweeting and hashtagging plans in advance to make sure that something goes down. Of course, a lot of people talk a lot of game and then nothing ends up happening. They're all bark and no bite, but... That's going to be pretty interesting to see if something does happen in uh, Chicago because that could at the very least just be one of those nights where there's a lot of CM Punk chants over and over and over throughout the night. And that'll be enough to throw everything off its game. So that'll be interesting. What do you think is going to happen, Peyton?
1: I'm not anticipating CM Punk showing up or any type of anything like that. I do anticipate lots of CM Punk chants. I expect them to turn the crowd bikes off as often as they can. Um, I think if they still put out a good show, that they could keep those chants to a minimum. Um, There's no way you're going to stop them completely. But if you have people go out there, if you have Cesaro and, I don't know, Daniel Bryan or Dolph Ziggler go out there and tear down the house. And you have four or five matches like that throughout the night and a few entertaining segments. um, There's no reason you couldn't keep these people entertained for the show, even without CM Punk there. Yeah, they love him. But they are there to see a wrestling show, and they're going to you know, play their game because they want to do that. But in the end, they're coming there because they want to be entertained, and they'll get sucked
2: into the action.
0: And start chanting for Randy Savage and JBL, and yeah. <laughs> we want Divas. <laughs> Way go.
2: Now, to be fair, these guys who have been pulled, like um, sending all these tweets out have said it's okay to chant for Daniel Bryan. So, and they're saying it's not about CM Punk, it's about change i don't know how you want to address it but it's about CM punk um, i think the show is going to be hijacked and other than yes chance it's going to be all CM punk all night um unless it's funny t-
1: that the, the the supposed reason CM punk is upset is because they're giving daniel bryan preference over him but these people are like yeah we're gonna chant CM punk all night but daniel bryan's okay too
2: <laughs> that's i mean that's-, that's a testament to how over he is though
0: if that's, like, the reason why he's upset, too, and they're still in that, like, that must piss him off even more, where it's, like, it's even, even the people that are supposed to be, like, my biggest supporters in my hometown would be, like, but we do like the other guy, like... <laughs> 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 it's kind of, like, uh, some kind of, like, a, a guilty uh, parent. I can't pick a favorite, but, hey, I'm gonna give you a, a bigger Sunday, like, that <laughs> kind of a thing. <laughs> no, no, punk. We really like you. You know, you're you're the best, man. You're you know best in the world. Hey, there's a Daniel Bryan. match going on? Uh, hold on a second, punk. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I uh, I don't know why people are rallying like this. It's kind of silly, but shit, if that's what they want to do to enjoy the show, fine. It's going to be interesting. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing the Roar in Chicago just for that alone, plus it's WrestleMania season. So it's going to be interesting to see how everything plays out, especially if Punk doesn't show up.
0: One other thing to talk about, NXT Arrival. Now, Woo! both of you watch the whole thing. I have only had a chance to watch the first match of it, but I am going to watch the rest of it later on tonight. I've heard great things about it from you guys and from other people. Drew had watched it and said that it uh, was cool. A bunch of people online are saying that uh, the match that I had seen, Sami Zayn versus uh, Cesaro, is a potential match of the year candidate. I don't know if I would go that far, but uh, I wait. did enjoy the match quite a bit, so what happened the rest of the show? What you guys really liked about it? I mean, we've had some uh, results posted. out.
2: Oh, Joe Rollins fucking. Top, <laughs> Top bottom,
1: best card of this year so far without a doubt in my mind um that opening match i watched the pre-show before because i'm a nerd like that which actually was pretty fun Uh, They had a panel of Kevin Nash, Bret Hart, and Paul Heyman, which is probably the best pre-show panel they ever put together. (laughs) Um, Their insight on things was so awesome. They just kept putting over that this is about the next generation. It's about the stars of the future and who's going to be coming up, and that's exactly what it should have been. They had The pre-show actually took place outside. They set up the table on a stage on the outside, and they were going around interviewing fans who were in line, excited about the show. Really set up an awesome feeling, getting you excited for it. Then they go inside, starts off Triple H in the ring. The lights are dim. They're doing these special sounds. Uh, they're actually playing the theme from for Earthquake, which I kind of marked out for. I don't know if anyone else caught that, but they're playing Earthquake's old theme oh, that's very cool. slightly in the background. Uh, Triple H introduces us. The set looks absolutely fantastic. Um, I don't know if you guys caught this on the turnbuckles. Rather than using the scratch logo, they're using the new WWE Network logo, which looked really cool. Yeah, oh, no, I, I, caught, I never that. caught that. That's cool.
0: I noticed um, that when I thought that something was like messed up because I download. I don't have the WWE Network, so I had to download. Um, you know. Uh, <clears throat> I bought it, <laughs> downloaded a uh, uh, version of it. So I was like, "Oh, don't tell me that like this is like all glitchy or something like that." Wait a minute, that's not. Oh shit! And then I started paying attention. They had that like all over the place. They really didn't use the uh, scratch logo anywhere that they didn't have to.
1: I'm guessing it's because. Uh, they have said that NXT is supposed to be the flagship show of the WWE Network. That's why they want to brand it as much with that logo.
0: Or maybe they are switching it. We
1: still haven't seen that happen yet. Raw this past week did have the Scratch logo, so they didn't make that switch. They still could at, like,
2: WrestleMania.
0: Yeah, starting I think that would
2: probably be the best time to do it.
0: I'm starting um, to think that, uh, it, that seeing that on the turnbuckle actually made me think that's the reason why we haven't had just one title for the WWE title. Because they're going to just switch over to the Network one. And and they probably just figured, fuck it, we'll wait until we get that settled at WrestleMania. And, you know, we're not going to make another one and just, you know...
1: Um, Going back to the show and the matches that were on there, almost every single match had something extremely enjoyable. And I'm not just saying like, oh, it kind of was cool. I mean, there was something in there that you watch it and you were gripped by it. Uh, Opening match, which was the best match they could have started off was Cesaro and Sami Zayn. These guys just tore down the house. Uh, This was their fourth matchup they had at NXT. This was a very long storied rivalry if you've been following the show. Uh, But even if this was your first time seeing it, you were blown away by these guys and what they could pull off. The story in it of... Zane just fighting hard until the end falling down barely able to get up and Cesaro just keeping on the attack and of course ending it with the hug dude the feels <laughs> the feels at the end of the match my goodness uh, Mojo Raleigh CJ Parker the, the they're both okay guys I guess I'm not really feeling this Mojo Raleigh guy and it seems like one of the guys they're biggest on and they're pushing the most um, I, I don't think he's gonna last very long his whole gimmick is just that he has a lot of energy and he's just running around jumping in the air whatever diva's title match holy shit these girls emma and Paige, freaking awesome once again two people that tore down the house i'm still not feeling emma's character but man she can go in the ring uh Paige's finishing move that she did that that submission finisher i've never seen her do that before it was kind of like almost looked like she was going for a sharpshooter but in the end she put in some kind of like arm lock too and picked her up so she was floating in the air that was awesome i can't wait to see that applied to more often on people and bringing some mission back into the Divas Division, which we thought we were going to see that with Natalie. Not so much. Uh, but both these girls, and there's a lot of other great girls in there as well. Bailey, um, Summer Rae still is considered an NXT diva because she doesn't really wrestle much on the main program. Um, and, of course, the main event. Uh, oh, and someone else we got to see before I get to that. We got to see Too Cool on the program. Too Cool made a return. So it was almost a big nostalgic return to the likes of uh, New Age Outlaws, getting to see them come out, even though Scotty Too Hotty was bald quality too but hey, this fun seeing a worm um and they actually lost their match so you know not like they had to come back and show themselves on top they actually came in and put over the tag team champions the ascension who also are awesome and i can't wait to see them come up to the main roster and then there was the main event and i i, I feel like i've been talking for a long time guys here sorry but i really really enjoyed this show uh, adrian Neville and bo dallas these guys showed why they're the guys who are meant to be the guys on top of this program, be the faces there. Even though I would argue right now, Cesaro is pretty much based as the face of NXT. These guys showed, tremendous potential for what they're going to be able to bring when they come to the main roster someday. Adrian Neville, they call him the man who Gravity Forgot, and for damn good reason. They they were playing this short little video before the match of him doing his finishing move, the Red Arrow, which is this... It, it almost reminds me of that Starship Pain move that John Morrison used to do, only he's actually doing it from standing on the rope, and it looks like he's adding an extra corkscrew spin. It's a, it's a sight to see.
2: It's, and it looks a lot more impactful. I always thought John Morrison's move like didn't have any oomph to it. No, and it's because he was doing that springboard rather than going from the top.
1: This this looks awesome. Um, he did it onto Bo Dallas at the end while he was laying on a ladder, which... He landed more on his legs, so I think that might hurt both guys a lot. Match continued, though. These guys showed a lot of t- tenacity, a lot of toughness. In the end, Adrian Neville took that title from Bo Dallas, who's had it for over 200 days, which is a very significant reign. I believe that was the longest of any NXT champion. Uh, great way to end the show, cementing a new face, starting a new era for that company, and a new era for WWE, I would say. Um, I want to credit Solid Monster to this. I was listening to his show, and he talked about how in 1992, WWE launched the new generation, I think now in 2013, WWE has just launched the next generation. Mm. And that's what we could look forward to. And if you, if you didn't catch this one, and if you haven't been tuning in to NXT yet, do it now. It's, it's no excuse not to see it, and it's a fantastic show every week. Not always as fantastic as this. And this was their super card. You shouldn't expect all that you saw on this every week. But I guarantee it's a short show. It's one hour. And it's going to be live now, which is going to change a lot to it. But I guarantee you're going to see some of the best wrestling you see every week on that show. Fuck TNA. It's the Thursday Night Wars. <laughs> WWE is going to win with their freaking farm league.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's sad. So like, we have Kurt Angle. And we're like, we have uh, Dante Dash. And people are like, I'm going to watch Dante Dash. Waco, <laughs> what did you think about it?
2: Um... Man, it was just an awesome card. This is my introduction to NXT. I'd watched uh, Sami Zayn and Antonio Cesaro's matches prior, but this is the first whole show that i have watched, and it was a great introduction. As Peyton said, if you're going to start watching NXT, now's the time to do it. Um, It gets you familiar with their main faces, their champions, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Everywhere from the commentary team, I think William Regal is now my favorite commentator. Maybe it's just because I've gotten so sick and tired of the regular voices and I'm high on him for now. As far as the match quality goes, brilliant from start to finish, other than the hype dude, uh, Mojo Rawlings, which is a fucking terrible name. Um, The opening match, Sami Zayn versus Antonio Cesaro, was really cool, and the whole story about... Sami Zayn fighting back to the point that he even kicked out of a one cat or like on one for the flapjack uppercut that was awesome um and the latter match was a really well played out wasn't just high spot after high spot like you'd see in most indies um wwe's just doing a real good job at shaping this generation of wrestlers and i'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do next
0: well, i'm excited to check that out uh that's going to do us in for the hot tags, we're going to take a little bit of a break here before we start getting into all the other stuff that we have for this episode, which is basically going to be the pay-per-view review, and then we're going to round everything out with some Fantasy League talk. Before we get into the main event of the evening, we need to catch our breath, so that means it's time for the rest hold part of the program. In this part, we take care of some promotional material going on for SmartOut Out Moment and affiliated A Mango Tree projects, but we also knock out some of the quicker segments that we've scrambled together. The first thing to take care of is the Bleacher Report Card. If you wanna know what articles I've written this week for that website, I wrote two of them right after the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. One of them reviews the biggest stars of the night and the other one breaks down the results in a biggest highlights and low points recap. You can find links to those on the homepage of smartoutmoment.com, underneath the little Bleacher Report subcategory, as well as on the Facebook and Twitter accounts in the YouTube description below if you're watching this on YouTube, or naturally, just on Bleacher Report itself. Next up is Smart My Words. This is where I take one of the comments that you guys have left over the past week and showcase it, because it was funny, or it was insightful, or anything else for that matter. The YouTube comment for this week goes to June Ryder. Great episode. My wish is to one day join you guys on the show. Well, June, you're in luck. If you're unaware, every Monday night we do a live post show immediately following Monday Night Raw. And coming up, we're also going to have a special live edition of Smack Talk. This one is going to be dubbed the Road Trip to WrestleMania. And it's going to be 10 p.m. Eastern Time on Friday, March 21st at MegapowersRadio.com, same place as the Raw post show and just the same as the raw post show during this episode we're going to be taking your calls on the air so if you got something that you want to say you want to join in on the fun those are two opportunities to look out for go ahead give us a call also keep in mind that during that special 123rd episode of smack talk that's going to be live we're going to be answering your mailbag questions that you've sent in for this month so if you have any questions you'd like to submit to us to get to know us better and you don't think that you'll be able to call into the show live, just go ahead, send us an email using the contact form on the website, and we'll take everything that you guys have sent into our inbox and enter it on the air. If you'd like to show your support for the website and Smack Talk, keep in mind about the Sign Me Up initiative. Just bring a sign that says smartoutmoment.com to any kind of a wrestling event, doesn't matter what the company is or what the show is, and if you send a picture or a video of it to me, I'll feature it on the next episode of Smack Talk, as well as on the website. Now, if you're a fan of geeky things like movies and comic books and video games and everything else like that, you should check out my other website, FanboysAnonymous.com. Most of the people that are on this Markout Moment team also contribute to Fanboys Anonymous, so if you want to know what we think about those nerdy topics instead of just the wrestling stuff, be sure that you subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com fanboysanon, Follow the Fanboy's Facebook and Twitter accounts. We're also on iTunes and Stitcher, so on and so forth. One last bit of business to take care of. If you want to join the Out Moment team in some fashion, go ahead and send me an email. I'm looking for more writers. I'm also looking for people that can handle editing, social media, graphic designers, audio technicians, musicians, and video editors, and a whole bunch of other kind of stuff. Mostly writers, though for covering things like breaking news reports, opinion columns, themed segments, live TV show coverage, just a whole lot of different stuff to pick from. So if you're interested, go ahead and send in your applications using the same contact form as the mailbag questions, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Break time is over with. Let's get back to work in part four and start breaking down Elimination Chamber. Let's start talking about all the Elimination Chamber stuff and why not start off with the kickoff match. Cody Rhodes and Goldust against Ryback and Curtis Axel. What turned out to be kind of pointless. Nothing happened in this. No split between Cody Rhodes and Goldust. No purpose to it whatsoever. Larry the Axe Hennig came out, so that was kind of cool, but most people were like, who the hell this guy? So that didn't even play much of a factor into it. Pretty normal match. It was just kind of blah. It, you know, the, this was a pre show in the sense that it was so basic and it wasn't bad. You know, it wasn't like filled with botches or anything like that. But you can completely skip this and it won't matter at all, which is kind of a shame. Especially because Cody Rhodes and Goldust were doing so well this year. They were having such good matches. And yeah, down to this, like. So far, they haven't built up anything towards the two of them having a match at WrestleMania either, and god damn, that sucks. But, you know, it happens sometimes. Peyton, what do you think about this?
1: I honestly have no memory whatsoever of this match. I don't even think I can remember a single thing about the pre-show. I'm not even sure if I watched it. I'm pretty sure I watched it, but I, I I honestly cannot recall a single thing
2: about it. So you, you, I'm gonna fail you guys in this one. And plus, I talked for like 15 minutes last segment. So. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like they did a good fucking job selling you with that free match. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't think anybody would have watched that match and been like, oh, man, I gotta watch the rest of this pay per view. I gotta buy it. Here's here's my 50 bucks.
2: Yeah, they're gonna be looking at the yeah, Unsmark uh, moment at the fucking matches and be like this happened.
0: <laughs> you know what's funny though? That's so weird that you guys had like, I like, really I don't even remember this and all that other kind of stuff. When I was making the uh, graphics for tonight, obviously I'm not doing the image captions anymore because I just don't have the time to do it anymore. And I'll be trying to figure out a way to incorporate that later on into something else, maybe Facebook or something. But I still needed to put something for this section instead of just having a black screen for this part. And I made up every single one of them except for this one. I completely forgot about it until about I don't know maybe 20 minutes before we started, and I had to go back onto uh, my templates and stuff, and I was just like, oh damn it, I completely forgot about the pre-show. So that I completely forgot about that as well. That's how awesome this match was that it was completely forgettable. Who was on the panel?
1: I think the Miz was on the panel.
0: It hey, was, uh, it finally got on TV. Miz and Rey Mysterio and. Oh my goodness. Uh who's the other one? Mark Henry. Mm. And um Mark Henry was like totally off his game.
1: Yeah, he was. That yeah, that's right. I remember that now. He was stumbling constantly.
0: Yeah. And it was like they would ask him, like, oh, who do you think's gonna win with um the shield match? And he was just kinda like, uh oh, good guys there. Like he, he didn't seem like he really knew what was going on and stuff, which Mark Henry's usually like one of my favorite guys to sit there and just listen to talk. Mm, he's not, you show. know, the rock or anything like that, but he's he's cool to Mike.
2: That's such an easy answer. Well, I just got beat by two of them, so a personal experience. I'm going with The Shield.
0: It's not yeah, fucking you.
1: Oh, hey, let's talk about a pre-show that was awesome. You know who was doing uh, mic interviews for NXT's pre-show?
0: Wasn't Sweet it um, Jason Alberts?
1: No, it was Sweet T. Sweet T was walking around interviewing people with a mic.
0: Well, that's apparently what his name's going to be now. Oh, really? Jason Alberts. Really? Is that his yeah.
2: real name?
0: No, his real name is Matt Bloom but they're going with Jason Alberts. I don't know why not Matt Alberts or Albert Bloom or something like that, but... Now, that's going to be awkward. It's like Sweet T, otherwise known as Tensai, otherwise known as Jason.
2: Otherwise <laughs> known as Prince Albert and A-Train. I mean, fuck me. <laughs> they might, might as well just call him Dylan. <laughs> One name.
0: Uh, that's pretty bad when we have to just bring up the other NXT stuff. And everything yeah, we're, we're
1: talking of... about Tensai. That was more exciting
0: than that. We're talking about A-Train. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even like Tensai anymore. We're talking about A-Train. <laughs> I was 20 minutes about his back hair. <laughs> uh, I should label this as like A-Train back hair. i will probably get more hits.
1: <laughs> <laughs> a, a picture of just the back hair is
2: the, the thumbnail.
0: <laughs> I think he's the only wrestler to have a shave your back chant. <laughs> uh so that shows how much we care about this <laughs> match now wago you didn't get a chance to see this at all right
2: oh i really wish i got hat now
0: <laughs> we're really selling it as something that you missed <laughs> yeah right? all right we're gonna move into the next one intercontinental championship biggie langston versus jack swagger Jack Swagger gets a shot at the Intercontinental Championship, and Big E, Langston, I don't care, I'm still going to call him Langston, because it's so weird when they just call him Big E. And now, it's even weirder that they said what the E stands for, and they had that whole discussion on Raw, where... <laughs> Wait, they did? Yeah, yeah I missed that. You, oh, you both missed that? Oh man, yeah. this was so funny. Uh, JBL said, what does the E stand for? And... Cole like waited a couple seconds. You could tell that he was kind of like he had to look it up real fast and stuff. And then he was like, "Etor, it's Etor, Etor." Yeah.
1: What right,
0: the hell you know, is this that? Might, this might have been on um the card actually. It might not have been on Raw. Might have been on the pay per view. And um, because his name is Etor Ewan, is his real name. Biggie's real name. And JBL just kept going on about like Etor. What? What, what? is that? Like the guy from Winnie the Pooh and like. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: fucking love JBL. You you, you were saying uh, William Regal was your favorite one? No, (laughs) JBL's the best.
0: He just kept repeating throughout the whole rest of the time that Big E was out there that E-Tour was a stupid name. Big (laughs) E-Tour. So now it's like he's Big E Langston, which is not a bad name considering that they've had some worse names out there in the past. It could have been a little bit better, but...
2: So Vince uh, wanted to shorten names to make them sound tougher. Fucking Etor's tough.
0: Right, <laughs> big Etor. Like it sounds like something like um, it should be like some brooding caveman type of dimwit, like a Kali type of character. Big so- Etor just comes out and he's like, oh, I am Etor. Like I am Groot from the Guardians of the Galaxy movie coming out.
2: It sounds like what the Eliminator would say, like if he fucking bushed his lame. <laughs> 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 uh,
0: So, uh, Swagger actually kind of dominated this match. And I thought that that was a little odd, but they followed it up the next night with Cesaro dominating his match against Big E Tour. And uh, I don't know, maybe Big E's not really um in the best spot right now, and they're kind of just using him up and he's going to drop the intercontinental title soon or something i wouldn't be too surprised they really stopped using him around the royal rumble time and then at the royal rumble itself he could have had a good spot and they gave him what was like the number 28 spot or something like that and he barely lasted at all like i wouldn't say he's in the doghouse or anything like that but they are pushing him to a side a little bit that kind of sucks spiggy's pretty good um Nothing really stood out in this match as far as like quality goes. Um, I was a little bit disappointed. I expected it to be a little bit better than what it was, but it wasn't too bad. It was a decent opener. Peyton?
1: You know, Tony, you're, you're not wrong about their position of BG e. right now. I, I felt like for the past couple of months, he has definitely been cooling off as well. Um, that sucks because I just drafted him onto my team, but you know, what can you do? Um, it also just could be the fact that they always seem to lose focus with the Intercontinental title around WrestleMania season. So maybe yeah. that's what it is. I mean, I I can't see him losing it at WrestleMania. So I think he's going to hold it through that. And maybe once we get to the extreme rules, he'll start picking up steam again. I I still think this guy has a buttload of talent. Um, Still, you know, a little rough. He's a little stiff that they need to work on that and get him to be a little safer with some guys. I and mean, I think it was either on this show, or on the Raw post show, we were talking about how in the last four or five matches, it seems like he's gotten every single person he's faced to show some blood. Yeah, Which, I, think you know, not cripp-
2: have. I think he's crippled each member of the shield. Mhm.
1: but uh, I, I still like him a lot I still think his character is cool I, I agree with you that they should not have taken that part out of his name and perhaps maybe that was just the kiss of death for him maybe they did that on purpose to kill his character a little bit more and bring him down I don't know but as far as this match I, I once, as, once again as I did with the pre-show match I don't have any distinctive memories about this match Um, did Cesaro get involved? No that was the following night in Raw where Swagger got involved in Cesaro's match
0: The only thing that I had written down that was interesting during the match, other than um, there was a botch with um, Swagger trying to kick Big E in the gut, and they were supposed to, like, do one of the knockdown things. You could tell that it was, you know, they just mixed up, like, what's the next move that we're going to do? I'll just kick you, like that kind of a thing, was um, when Big E did, uh, it wasn't like um, a suicide dive or something like that, but he, like, speared Jack Swagger through the ropes or something like that. Mm. which was kind of cool. It got a holy shit chant, but... I think there, it was there was accurate. something
1: that Biggie did, I remember. Like, he picked Swagger up from the ground and put him into a Tilt-A-Whirl backbreaker or something like that. I think that happened at some point in the match that was kind of neat,
2: but other than no, that... No, didn't Cesaro do that to him the following night on Raw and botched it? Oh, maybe
1: everything I, everything about <laughs> this match just makes me want to think about the better match that happened the next night. That even happened when you were talking about the botch. I was like, yeah, Cesaro's
2: botch was better. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> now way, good. Did you get a chance to watch? This? I did
2: not see that, but the one comment I have got is, we kind of saw this happening with Big E. I remember in a previous broadcast that both me and Payton said we could see this guy calling off and them losing interest. He's a big guy, but he's got the Ezekiel Jackson vibe, where he's just going to be a big guy. They got a buzz off, and then there was like, yeah, you can just be pushed aside. Hmm. So it doesn't surprise me, and. You guys are really selling me on these matches.
0: <laughs> well, when they put it back on the WWE Network in uh, four and a half years or whatever it is, uh, <laughs> then you'll be able to check it out, just like you'll be able to check SmackDown out in, um, next April.
2: Yeah, fucking... Uh, you're making me want to go back and watch the last Raw movie of the fucking pay-per-view. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, coming up in the next section, we're going to talk about the New Age Outlaws versus the Usos. The USOs get a shot at the Tag Team Championship against the New Age Outlaws, and I thought this was one of the better matches of the night, but similar to the Intercontinental one, I was still a little bit disappointed. I expected this to be better as well. And I think that these two teams can put on a better match, but something was just off for this night. Maybe they weren't given enough time, maybe they were tired or something. I don't really know, but... um, It just wasn't as good as I expected it to be. So that was disappointing. And, uh... I did enjoy it enough that I would say out of one of the... uh, that it's one of the few matches that I would recommend somebody to go back and double-check. But not if you really don't have the whole lot of time. If you don't have time to watch anything except for the real, true highlights of this pay-per-view, everybody knows there's only one thing to watch. And we're going to get into that in two parts. But I was kind of 50-50 on the outcome. I liked the idea that if the New Age Outlaws were going to win, that they won in a way that the... Usos still looked pretty strong. But I don't know. I mean I part of me still wanted the Usos to win here. And if they win at WrestleMania, then that's all good. And it all turns out okay. But if they don't win, and they end up giving this to some other tag team, like um, no, I don't even fucking know. Let me know what you would do at this point. Like the two uh, lackey members of the Wyatt family or something like that, then I'm gonna be disappointed because I think that the Usos deserve this. Peyton? Your thoughts on the tag match?
1: I, like you, thought this match was good, but there was something that was keeping it from being great. The Usos are always super exciting to watch, so I, I hate to say it, but I think I'm going to blame on the fact that the New Age Outlaws are not so new. Um, there are a couple of timers who maybe just couldn't keep up with the pace that the Usos wanted to bring to this match. Uh, New Age Outlaws were able to go out there and have excellent matches with the Brotherhood because Goldust is a fellow old-timer who, yes, is still kicking ass for his age, but he is still a guy who's older. And Cody Rhodes is a guy who can be high-octane, but he also knows how to keep the pace slow if he needs to as well, so he can keep it down. Usos, they they have one speed. They can't really do slow stuff. That's not their style. Um, it doesn't work for them. So I, I think it was just a clashing of formulas for these teams. Um, and in fact, after seeing that, I, I kind of hope that this doesn't end up being the, the tag match for WrestleMania, or at least not this by itself, maybe get another team or two involved. Um, you, you can bring the, the Wyatt team in there and you can put in like, uh, shit, who is a tag team anymore? Everyone's broken up.
0: Mm-hmm. I guess you
1: could put the brotherhood back in there as well.
0: Most matadores.
1: <laughs> Why not, man? They, 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 could like go in there and be like one of the first teams eliminated. If you want to do elimination Olay. style or something. Olay. Um, I, I don't have any specific moments that are going to stick out to me other than the ending. I remember being pretty upset that this had to end in a roll-up. I I really don't finish. I feel it's so abused these days, and I, I did not enjoy seeing it.
0: One spot I wrote down was, uh, there was an arm drag where Road Dogg tossed one of the Usos into the turnbuckle, and <sighs> it was, like, super hard. It looked really nasty. That was cool. Hmm. Everything else doesn't stand out. go. I don't watch this. <laughs> this is another one that you didn't watch?
2: Yeah, but I'm just going to go ahead and say that it was the Usos' fault. The New Age Outlaws can't do anything wrong. <laughs> okay. And I think it's their fault for not slowing down and working and telling a story. Hashtag And, and, I, mark. and I, I think
1: all this just proves that uh, CM Punk is a work.
2: Yep, I think CM Punk's a work. He's going in a team with the New Age Outlaws. Uh, their turn on each other was fake,
0: and uh, it's all a big work. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, next part Titus (laughs) O'Neil and Darren Young (laughs) (laughs) Titus O'Neil versus Darren Young Turned out to be exactly the same as everybody Expected it to be, Titus O'Neil wins Blah blah blah, bathroom break Nothing much to this It's not going to turn into much Uh, The fans started chanting We want Lesnar (laughs) That was about it Darren Young needs a haircut, I have that written down for some reason I don't know why there's really nothing else to talk about for this, so I'm going to bring something else into it a little bit later. But uh, I'm assuming you didn't see this, right, go. Nope. Some black-on-black crime, as Rampage Jackson would say. <laughs> and uh, Peyton, what did you think about the match?
1: Well, I'm actually going to hijack this, and I'm going to talk about something else. And I'm hoping it's the same thing that you wanted to
0: talk about. Bandy's Barrett?
1: Bad news, fucking bad. Good. <laughs> they had this guy out there like four or five times throughout the night, pretty much coming out in between every single match, and this guy was just on fire. Um, I think the best thing that happened is he had this raising platform, and at one point he brought it down. He says, "I came down to your level so I could talk to you about Daniel Bryan or whatever it was, something like that." And then it didn't, wasn't able to get back up, and he just kept making fun of it the whole time. He's like, "These dumb engineers here in Minneapolis could not fix my lift." <laughs>
0: he really was like on point he ended up being one of the highlights of the night i think
1: this, this was bad news barrett at his absolute best so far um and i i've always said i've enjoyed this character i do think he has had a lot of off nights i, I don't disagree with that but i'm glad they're sticking with it and they're keeping it going and though unfortunately i don't think we saw him on raw and if we did it was very short it wasn't as much exposure as he's got at elimination chamber uh, i don't know what his plans for wrestlemania are going to be probably just a backstage segment but Hopefully, he is going to be a focus throughout the rest of this
0: year. We had um, the, these were the things that he had said. Uh, one of the first one was the Russians have won more gold medals than the Americans at the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then he said, "I've got some bad news for you. Daniel Bryan will not win the WWE Championship tonight, and the fans will turn on him, and the Yes Movement will cease to exist." <laughs> Obviously, trying to play into the uh, the fans' cheers later on. Then uh, that was the Hulk Hogan Returns never going to match up to the skills of Bad News Barrett. <laughs> uh, a little bit later on, I think he came out one more time with the Divas match. And uh, let me find the note that I had written about that. Uh, oh, that was his big, long, elongated speech about how the WWE Network is going to make people lose their jobs. Oh, yeah. cause they're going <laughs> to spend too much time watching old stuff that they're going to... like. They're going to uh, lose their jobs, and then their houses are going to be filled with garbage, and then the government's going to like take the houses away and condemn them, and then everybody's going to be turning out to homeless people.
1: <laughs> I have an embarrassing confession. Um, right before the, the pay-per-view had started, I was in the middle of cleaning my room, and I had just taken the bag out of the garbage that was next to the can in my room. And I tied it up and I just you know, put it down for a second because I wasn't going out t- outside anytime soon. I'd bring it with me when I was. And then I'm sitting there watching the show and he says that. And I look to the right of me and I see that bag sitting there. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> and, I, and I had <laughs> – yeah. yeah, so.
0: So what did you hear about the – um or what did you think about the bad news Barrett stuff? Go? Obviously, I, I know it. that you weren't watching it when that was happening and all that, but cool idea.
2: I've always been a fan of uh, Bad News Barrett. Um, He has some off nights, as Peyton said, but when he's on point, he's really on point. So maybe he's found his stride, and we'll see more of it on Raw, and it'll be good, but I'm not going to hold my breath.
0: (laughs) And just the same as we could not care less about some of the other stuff that had gone on in the pre-show and all that, that is our review of the Titus O'Neill and Darren Young match. (laughs) we are going to move to one of the ones that actually did matter and the best match of the night, I should say the shield versus the Wyatt family. So here's the best match of the night. Really one of the best matches of the year. I think so far the shield versus the Wyatt family, just awesome from like the beginning to the end of it. And, uh, I don't know what else really to say about that. That kind of sucks to not like go on and on and on about specific things or something like that. But it was intense. These guys really wanted to go out there and prove that they uh, could have the best match of the night. They pulled it off. I mean, everybody shined in this match. Fucking Harper, especially, really took it to the next level. He fucking did a tope. <laughs> Harper did a tope. That blew my mind. Insane. He was doing suicide dives and shit, and Rollins was flipping all over the fucking place. And, you know, you could have easily made this match about Bray Wyatt, and Roman Reigns. But all other four members of those teams ended up playing a big part of it. Fucking Eric Rowan even wasn't bad. And he's usually the weakest person out of all these people. And he was able to handle his uh, sections of the match. So just from beginning to end, this was just a fucking great match. And right now, I gotta say, it's probably the lead candidate for me for uh, match of the year. Payton.
1: Absolutely. This match was just freaking awesome. I wanted to just say something like it's good, <laughs>
0: you know, just
1: like just like cold like that. But you know what? I, I do have a lot to say about this. Every single person, as you were saying, shined so well. I think the person who really did impress me the most was Luke Harper. Um, and I've always said that I th- saw potential in this guy. He had a really cool look and he showed signs of having a, a good amount of work ethic. This match, he finally showed it. And he's also been talking a little bit more on the mic lately. They've been giving a little bit of time when they're doing their Wyatt family promos. Not a lot. He'll only say like one or two lines. Uh, and then Rowan will say, run. But he's actually getting a little bit of actual you know, sentences to put out there. Uh, this match, though, when he did that tope, I jumped out of my seat. I couldn't believe a guy that big dived through the ropes to the outside like that. Um, it, it almost reminded me of like when The Undertaker does the plancha over the top. Only this time he's diving through the ropes, which is honestly even tougher for a guy that size. Um, Rowan pulled his own weight, which is something he I don't think I really see him do very often. He really held his own unfortunately i wish he would pull his wedgie out i think that would be the <laughs> optimal thing here um the shield guys i don't need to sing much more praise about those guys we've been talking about how awesome the shield is especially in their six-man matches for over a year now these guys are just freaking amazing i just want to follow up what i said last week i want this ba- this feud to continue i don't want the shield to break up i want to see why it's shield become like uh Freebirds versus the von erics of this generation I want this to last and last and last. And I want these guys to have battles and street fights. I want them to have steel cage matches. I want them to bring back war games for these two guys to go against each other. I want this to be the one of the biggest ground warfare feuds that WWE has had since the invasion.
0: You know what? I would much rather them have another three-on-three match with some kind of a gimmick at WrestleMania than to do what Is one of the you know the possible things where they're talking about splitting them up into different matches and just having um, Harper and Rowan against uh, Rollins and Reigns. I don't want to see that, and I really don't right now want to see John Cena against Bray Wyatt. I don't know who else John Cena can end up facing instead, but Anesthesia. Who?
1: (laughs) Anesthesia.
0: (laughs) I'm like I'm sitting there thinking this like an NXT person. (laughs) It's like ridiculous. Like I don't remember anesthesia that was, a Diva, like (laughs) but I don't want to see John Cena versus Bray Wyatt, and I don't want to see John Cena against the Wyatt family in a handicap match either. So as much as I do want to see the shield eventually break up and have a big match in like a triple threat stance against each other. I'm okay with seeing somewhere between uh, the three-on-three here. As long as they give it some kind of a gimmick, or they give it some kind of a weight and value to it instead of just a flat-out rematch, I would much rather them do that and figure out something else for John Cena at WrestleMania. And I don't know what that spot is. Maybe he does something against the Authority with Kane, or maybe he... uh, Maybe John Cena's thrown into the title match, and you have John Cena against Randy Orton, and batista i don't know but um the strength of this match alone it's a much easier chance to sell me on continuing this feud than obviously if this match would have sucked then it would have been like you have to break the shield up now um wigo and i know you did see this match though it was okay
2: <laughs> um yeah this match was awesome and I actually watched it after watching the uh, semi-save versus Cesaro match. So I've just had like, oh. a couple of days of awesome matches. Um, I tuned into Elimination Chamber during the Alberta de Rio and fucking Batista match. So I had to go back and find this. Um, I think it lived up to the hype. And people hyped this matchup so much. It was weird seeing Luke Harper just fucking fly like that. Um, all guys showcased. All guys looked really strong. Um and i have got to say and agree with Peyton that Luke Harper was definitely the one that shone the most from his previous performances. I was the guy here that said that I didn't think this match was going to deliver. I couldn't be more than fucking... I couldn't be more wrong if I tried. Um, they proved me wrong, and now I want to see more of it. But unfortunately, with the way Mania's looking, I don't think we're going to get it.
0: You know what else was cool to happen during this match that... Um... I know when I was watching it with you know Dace and my normal crew people, uh, some people didn't notice it, and I had to point it out to them. I don't know if you guys had noticed it, but uh, when they were brawling on the outside and they were setting up for somebody to go through the announcer's table, uh, Ricardo Rodriguez kept pointing and telling them to do it on the other announcer's table <laughs> <laughs> and not the, not the Spanish announcer. <laughs> awesome. And then when... Uh, Seth Rollins got chokeslammed through it. Later on, they showed, uh, you know, the Spanish announcer sitting there, and <laughs> fucking Ricardo takes his um, uh, his uh, set of notes, and he like picks it up, and then he throws it down, and gives this look of like, so oh, look, I don't have a fucking table. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I did see that second part. I didn't see hear them at the first time though. That's hilarious. That's a that's a good little touch.
0: Or he's just kind of like, no, no, use that one. That one's that's the table you're <laughs> supposed to. Do. Speaking of quirky the
1: moments, the, the, the one thing that did kind of seem to set people off, it didn't bother me as much, but I have noticed a lot of people making jokes about it, was just the, the random disappearance of Dean Ambrose at the end. They they really didn't fully explain that. They should have shown, like, Bray doing his sister Abigail on the concrete in the crowd or something to explain why he was just disappeared for all that time.
0: Right, because Rollins got chokeslam through the table, mm-hmm. so that made sense for him not to be able to come out and do a save. But Ambrose just sort of disappeared and they kind of tried to build onto that the uh, the next night on Raw where they were like, where did you go last night? And he was like, I already explained it, which is like kind of just telling the fans, uh, just forget about that.
1: Um, but just to touch on something Steven had also said there, between this and all the matches we got on NXT, I'm not used to getting this much fantastic wrestling in one week. It really just kind of caught me by surprise, especially like with how – down morale has been going into the rest this WrestleMania season to have something like this and all featuring guys of the future, majority of which of these guys weren't either around at WrestleMania last year, or certainly weren't going to be a part of any major, anything major on the card. So I think that speaks volumes that we're seeing it from guys like Roman Reigns, Luke Harper, uh, Sammy Zayn, and Cesaro. These, these are the guys who, as I was saying before, are going to be the next generation. That's going to lead us into the, the bright days that I hope could hopefully be another high point for wrestling.
0: Can't disagree. So we have a downer to go with next, which is going to be like the lowest point of the whole night. The Divas Championship between AJ Lee and Cameron. Awful match we're going to talk about now. Cameron versus... I I thought you were just going
1: to end the segment after that.
0: (laughs) That should have been (laughs) just awful. All right, next part, Batista. (laughs) One of these days, I am going to do that. There's going to be a five-second thing, and that'll be it. Um, But AJ Lee versus Cameron. This was their stall because Naomi's too injured to be able to have that match. I don't know if I trust the dirt sheet stuff that says Naomi was supposed to beat AJ Lee at WrestleMania and win the title. I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I can't imagine them doing that. But Cameron gets a title shot, and they even introduced this awkwardly. They had... AJ come out and basically say, like, well, Naomi's fucking injured, so I gotta do something, right? And then Cameron came out and danced by herself, which just looked awkward because we're so used to her dancing with Naomi or at least having, like, birds. Who's place.
2: Naomi? I only know Naoma. <laughs> Naoma. <laughs>
0: uh, this was just... Uh, like I said, this is awful. I don't know if there's anything else you can... Uh, use for an adjective for this is this was terrible just awful and the um, the interference with Tamina at the end and the kind of tease that maybe they'll go with Tamina against AJ Lee at Wrestlemania nobody cared nobody thought Cameron was gonna win this and just oh man oh, Peyton <laughs>
1: Uh, the only part that I really liked about this match is when AJ Lee went to the outside and grabbed the pom-poms and oh. showed her fucking awesome ass.
0: <laughs>
1: that was pretty cool. Uh, other than that, this was a total waste, as as Divas matches tend to be, except for when they're on NXT. I'm
2: just going to keep saying that. NXT was awesome.
0: Now, did you see that highlight, Wigo, of the, uh, the pom-pom thing?
2: So, I saw this really good match on NXT. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me. Ah, I had, like, it's amazing how those two girls in NXT can be so good, and this match was so fucking abysmal. Ugh.
0: It really was, though. Like, this is, as much as I said the last part, that the Shield and Wyatt family is right now my top candidate for a match, this right now is my top candidate for worst match of the year. And it's like one after another. If it ends up being that at the end, that's going to be really surprising, because it'll be like, we went from literally the top of the year to the bottom of the year in a 10-minute span.
2: And, I mean, there's so many good Divas matches like Melina Fox and Ali- uh, Melina and Alicia Fox. That, <laughs> I just wish it could compete with that, but no. I'm sure she was watching that tape over
1: and over before this match, too, so I don't know. I don't know where <laughs> it went wrong.
0: I mean, Cameron needs to stick with Total Divas, stick with tag team stuff, and...
2: You know who's to blame? Fucking Axana for destroying Naomi's fucking eye... Uh, before this, and that's why she was out of it.
0: Yeah, Naomi's not bad. Naomi can actually kind of wrestle, but uh, Cameron, you know, she's not pulling it off. (laughs) Hopefully, this is the last that we see between these two. And I'm hoping right now we don't even see a Divas match at WrestleMania. I don't want to see Tamina versus AJ, and I don't want to see Naomi versus AJ after WrestleMania, the night after WrestleMania even. Perfectly fine. But it's going to eat up time.
1: What about AJ
2: versus that ESPN bitch? Yeah, I'd be okay with that.
0: That might be okay. I
2: think suggested that a while ago, but shit, maybe they can put him backstage and just, like, have her insult CM Punk again and watch him brawl.
0: Maybe they'll bring her on to insult CM Punk now that he's left. (laughs) I wouldn't put him past him. They've done shit like that before.
2: I'd love for fucking, like, Vince or someone to come out after the Davis match and be like, okay, our bad. (laughs) <laughs> what if, what, what if they rush
1: Emma there though?
0: Uh, I hope that they don't. Emma's like
2: it's the first time I've seen her wrestle a real match, so she's really good. I wouldn't mind it.
1: Yeah, but I'm not liking where they're taking
2: her character on Raw right now. Maybe they'll change it after NXT. Maybe she beats up Santino. If that's where this is going, then awesome. Maybe she like does that fucking dance and blinds him with her fingernails or some <laughs> shit. Pokes her, pokes him in the eye or some shit
0: she's going to use that stupid hand movement and it's going to be like knife edge, chopped, uh, knife edge chops and they're going to like really, really hurt whoever she's going up against to the point where they're going to just like push her into the title picture. Cause like that's the, the finishing move that nobody can get past anymore.
2: Okay. We're never allowed to book fucking anything.
0: <laughs> we're talking about what stupid crap they might think of. <laughs> I, you know, I think as much as people have beaten this down and, I obviously I have not watched, you know, every episode of NXT and all that. I'm not as familiar with Page as everybody else's, it seems. But an idea that I've heard from other people that I thought might be kind of cool would be just showcase the NXT Divas title and this Divas title on the normal roster and just fucking go for it. Just have AJ Lee versus Page. Why not? It's not a bad idea, actually. Doesn't need to be a title match. You know, you don't need to have like title versus title. You don't need to have a unification or anything ridiculous like that. Just, you know, have AJ Lee say, look, I've beaten every single woman on this roster. There's nobody here to fucking beat me. And then Paige can be like, hey, I'm in NXT. I'm the fucking champion there. I'll beat your ass. And then there you go. You got your match.
2: Yeah. The
1: problem is we're more likely to get something that's going to be revolving around total divas.
0: Probably. We'll probably get fucking uh, what's her name uh the redhead. The redhead redhead yeah eva marie like eva marie against aj lee or something like that yeah,
2: none of us know our name we're just all thinking like yeah that fucking redhead talent was bitch
0: <laughs> either that or we're gonna get some kind of like a tag match or whatever which if they can't think of a singles divas title match that's good enough for it i think that they should just either abandon it completely or they should have some kind of a, like a mixed tag match
1: you they know, it's been shame fine
0: last year when they had the pre-show idea of doing the Bella Twins and um, what was it? Uh, Rhodes and Sandow against
1: mm-hmm. Funkadactyls and tons of funk. Yeah,
0: yeah. that would have been fine. Of course, I would have been fine if they would have had Pyro. But
1: <laughs> yeah, America, the beautiful. Uh, yeah. There's lots of things we said they should have had.
0: <laughs> you know, it, it's, <laughs> it's almost weird. a shame
1: that Eva Marie cannot work worth the shit. If she could just like moderately work enough to have a passable match for five minutes. I think she would have been excellent to have go into WrestleMania to face AJ Lee, have AJ Lee become not necessarily a face, but a tweener that people are more going to cheer and capitalize on all that heat that Eva Marie had the last couple of months that I, I'm sure is gone by now, but there, there was a lot there that could have been taken advantage of and they didn't. And I'm sure the reason for that was because she was so green.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe it'll kick back up when total diva starts. Cause that's in like two weeks or so. Mm-hmm. So that's actually going to play a big part in it too. And the only other thing that I could see maybe maybe happening, and this is a real long shot because it's only like a month away, maybe Summer Rae gets a shot because she's the newbie to the whole Total Divas thing. But that's turning her baby face or turning AJ face or, you know, there's different things like that. I don't think that they're necessarily going to go that route. I think we're getting Tamina versus AJ Lee at WrestleMania and that's about it.
1: Summer Rae cannot be a baby face. That's just not in her character. She's she's way too bratty.
0: I haven't seen her try to be a baby face, but she's doing a good job as a heel. So mm-hmm. why change it? You know what I mean? Just keep Cameron out of here. <laughs> That's the main thing we're coming and, out.
1: And would that mean you'd have to turn Fandango face, too?
0: Maybe. But he could pull off being a face, I think.
1: Oh, I think he could. I'm just saying what, what you have to are. Could it be like a situation where she's heel with him? But then when she comes out by herself, she's baby face because they've done stuff like that before. Hmm. I don't know if
2: they'd be able to pull that off. I can always just give him another fucking dancer.
1: Oh, bring back round face. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, lie. I I was watching WrestleMania 29 the other day because I was at my friend's house who I went to it with and we we just wanted to like watch it on the screen as opposed to how we watched it from our seats. And it got to when Fandango was coming. I was like, oh my God, I miss this girl. She was so much classier looking and she was a better dancer at the time when Summer Rae first came. Summer Rae was awful, but she's gotten a lot better. So I can't judge her as much on that. But Summer Ray just looks like such a blonde tramp. My my one friend calls her Tinkerbell because she just has that bratty crossing her arms attitude. Hmm. I I liked round face.
0: I miss her. I'm okay with summer ray.
2: There we you want go. Round
0: face. <laughs> Anybody have any other thoughts about A. J. Lee and Cameron?
2: Oh god no, I forgot we were talking about that shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you
2: were talking about summer ray and round face. What the crap? <laughs>
0: One other thing to mention real quick before we go into Batista versus Del Rio, just this stupid little thing to throw out there, because why the hell not? They had a stupid backstage thing with uh, Santino and Emma, Kali, and the Los Matadores playing with those stupid little action figures. Why do they do these? Does that really sell? Does that like make a difference?
1: Well, I, well the thing is, we could look at it like that, but I think the kids do see that and do get excited about it.
0: I don't know. See, I when we were watching and like we were kids and everything,
1: you didn't want everything. You didn't want the brawlin' buddies. You didn't want the no. Jacks action figures. You didn't want WWE, the music. You didn't want all that crap because I sure did.
0: No, I wanted like
1: you didn't want Crossfire. You didn't want all the other well, Crossfire was commercials awesome. for <laughs> <Like, Well>, Crossfire
0: is <laughs> awesome just for the theme yeah. song. But... Peyton actually wants these. That's
2: why he's like jumping to the defense. He's got a whole wall full of them in the background. Well,
0: I don't, not <laughs> necessarily order now. For the Stacker things or whatever they are. <laughs> I just say, when I was a
2: kid, all these commercials just looked awesome.
0: When he said he was taking out the trash earlier, he really meant that he was reorganizing his action figure collection. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, I used to own you know all the fucking action figures that I could, and I had. An old ring from uh, you know the generation of action figures before the ones that were coming out around my time, but a lot of the other little gimmicky things that I had no interest in it whatsoever. Like these little things where they're they're flipping around and uh, you know you press a button and they just like jump up in the air and all that. I always hated that crap. And showing the wrestlers backstage playing with them that never really made me want them either it was kind of like i want to play with the action figures because i love action figures and i love wrestling like but
1: did you see what the new ones are they're like legos that's awesome legos and wrestlers (laughs) i wonder if they actually like will work with your legos too probably not because i know legos has that design patented
0: yeah they probably are like those um what are they they're they're like just too too big where they
1: won't stick together
0: right just to piss off little kids (laughs)
1: Like, they look like they will if you look at
0: them, but nope. Yeah, so, I I don't know. That was just one of those little things that I kind of expected that we would see something like that at WrestleMania, maybe. But if they can get it out of the way with that one, at Elimination Chamber, and do something better at WrestleMania, I'm all for it. Throw a Bad News Barrett thing out there instead. Or do something for the network, or I don't know, anything like that. Uh, next part, Batista versus Alberto Del Rio, and then we've got two other things to talk about, the Elimination Chamber match and the Fantasy League. Batista versus Alberto Del Rio, heel versus heel, kind of. Not supposed to be, but that's what it turned into, and eventually Del Rio almost turned babyface during this match. He started out wearing a neck brace and sporting a pair of crutches, which he tried to say that he couldn't compete. Then he had decided to attack Batista instead. And we were really supposed to get behind Batista here. And it just did not happen. Uh, Immediately when Batista came out, there were boos and Batista chants. And then people started chanting for Daniel Bryan, of course. But then people started just chanting for Del Rio. And it's pretty bad when Del Rio is obviously not over as babyface and he's really not that over as a heel when you look at you know when he's going up against somebody that the fans actually care about they're never really booing alberto del rio they're necessarily just cheering for somebody else that they like better and in this situation it's just like you know what fuck batista you go with del rio beat his ass like <laughs> i can't say that i was 100 percent on that end because of my uh feelings about del rio sucking and being massively overrated but at the same time i did think that was kind of funny that batista wasn't getting any kind of support because batista is in a position right now where he shouldn't have been so i'm all for the fans just shitting all over it and telling wwe that they fucked up uh match itself nothing to be proud of at all especially not when this is supposed to be one of the big selling points for wrestlemania like this is supposed to be a match that we're really excited about because it's going to star the guy who for all intents and purposes should have been the last match of the night the main event and now they've booked themselves into a corner where they can't do that because nobody cares so putting him in a match with del rio nobody's gonna fucking care and when you don't have a good enough match to try to convince people that they should care you're gonna get the boring chance you're gonna get people cheering for jbl and whatever ends up happening so uh this match about the same as i expected it to be Payton.
1: yeah this is what i refer to as the pizza match which is what you're getting later on through the night and you decide that you're getting hungry again so i go down to the kitchen to throw in a pizza
0: basically what happens during like all of tna
1: did you uh, cut yourself a slice of cake no i had no cake i had a, i cut myself a slice of pizza more Cake.
0: no that's <laughs> sad it's like like i really want cake now too. <laughs> i
1: feel like I, you need cake after having to bring up all those memories of del rio and batista
0: you need something sweet uh
1: there, there's really nothing to say about this this match was a total bomb um other than the fact that del rio got more cheers than he's probably had in quite a while which is definitely not the intention, so you can't really like praise it for that. Um, I don't know what they're gonna do with Batista going for it. Supposedly he had this groundbreaking speech turning heel tonight. I'll, I have to go check it out. We'll see, but I I don't have high hopes for him or this main event. And you know Del Rio is not gonna help, obviously. <laughs> so they they better start thinking of something fast.
0: Like there's a fixer upper. What do we do here? I don't know. Del Rio, yeah, it worked for the <laughs> World Heavyweight Title for like three years, didn't it? That's what they'll do at fucking WrestleMania. They'll be like, I know how we fix this. We'll have a four corners match. Batista, Randy Orton, Del Rio, and Sheamus.
2: Del Rio and another guy that's dressed up like Del Rio. <laughs>
0: Ugh. Did you see this match, Wego, Or were you thankful? Unfortunately,
2: uh, I fucking came in right in time to see this cunt. Ugh. Oh, Jesus Christ. I hate Del Rio a lot. I miss the days where he was losing to Sin Cara every week, and I'm, I'm glad Batista beat him. But at the same time, I don't want Batista to win either. It was like it's one of these matches where you just wanted him to lock up and combust. <laughs>
0: That would have been fucking great, though. Like, <laughs> imagine the surprise on the fans if that would have happened. Like, they just get ready, you know, they're just about to lock up. As soon as they do that, it's just like, fucking Pyro comes off. Did, did
2: you guys ever watch Celebrity Deathmatch? Yeah. Uh, yeah, fucking imagine if they, like, exploded. And you know how sometimes, like, they explode and then they just had like, the feet left there and the yeah. stumps of their bone?
0: That'd <laughs> be fucking awesome if that's all that was left. Just blame it on Kane. <laughs> Well, people up that, that's Kane's baby face turn. Yeah, he would get cheered at that
2: point.
0: He'd <laughs> yeah. be like, woo, we don't have see these two It's right. like
2: he killed two men. Yeah, it was Del real though.
0: It's like, damn right, Kane killed it at this pay per view. <laughs> it's
2: technically not even a crime, so. Say it's a work and it's okay.
0: <laughs> All right, one more match to talk about on this card, the main event of the night, and then we're going to round out the end of the episode with the Fantasy League. WWE World Heavyweight Championship Elimination Chamber match, Randy Orton versus Daniel Bryan versus Cesaro versus John Cena versus Christian versus Sheamus. Holy shit, that's a lot of stuff to talk about to introduce this match. But let's go into the match itself. Started off with Sheamus and Cesaro. I was a little bit surprised on that. I actually thought Daniel Bryan would start it off with... um, Cesaro and uh maybe he, if he would have it maybe would have like started off better the beginning of this with Sheamus and Cesaro really wasn't that entertaining to me um the majority of it that was good was because of Cesaro Sheamus is one of those guys that I think he can fill a good spot here every once in a while but I don't think he's anywhere near as good as WWE we put some out there to be and in this match uh I would say Cesaro was one of the main people who kept it from uh, from turning sour. Daniel Bryan, of course, was a big feature. Christian did pretty well. Um, he didn't play as big of a part in it as he probably could have if they would have had maybe... A, I don't know, a firmer grasp of whether or not he was a heel or babyface. Because I'm sure he's like going for like this heel kind of thing now, but this was sort of up in the air right then, so... Um, predictable outcome at the end With the interference I don't like when they have to do interference For everything like that I think that that cheapens everything I would much would have rather seen Randy Orton just win And maybe I don't know Maybe he does like something on his own To cheat Like he low blows Daniel Bryan Or something like that But having multiple people come out Interfering on behalf of him And all that That just seems kind of cheap to me So It was good but it wasn't great. And it is what it is. We knew what was going to happen. We knew what we we're going to get for WrestleMania. So that is another thing that hurt it. Peyton.
1: Uh, if I had to rate this on a list of all the other elimination chamber matches, I would probably say this falls somewhere right in the middle. Um, it, there was all talented guys in there. So you, you weren't going to have a bomb, um, but there really wasn't anything particularly special about this one. Uh, we didn't really even see anything particularly exciting, except for Christian doing that uh, one body splash off the top of the pod. That was really cool, especially for my friends who I had watching who had not, you know don't watch wrestling very often. They don't get to see stuff like that. Um, that was the first time they saw an elimination chamber match, let alone someone jumping off of a height like that. So that was exciting for them to see. Um, no one else really, I feel like, brought it like that. Everyone else was just kind of there, and they just went through the motions that they had planned out. I I didn't really feel the Wyatt family involvement. I I don't want this Bray Wyatt versus John Cena match. I I don't get their purpose of breaking into this match. I don't know what their motivation is. None of that made sense to me. So in the end, it it was just a MacGuffin to get the title on Randy Orton, to get John Cena of the match specifically. But to get to the end, which was Randy Orton holding onto that title, which I also think was a mistake. I think you – obviously already at this by the time this pay-per-view was happening knew that the fans did not want randy orton versus batista and i think they just had to let their pride down and stop saying well this is the match we got and they're gonna get it damn it like listen to what they want and get that title on daniel bryan like uh, and you know we could be saying this prematurely and once again maybe the end plan is for daniel bryan to find a way to be in the wrestlemania main event and we'll all be wrong blah blah, blah but this was really the last chance. I think a lot of people saw it. And when they didn't, it didn't happen, it, it was a knife that cut deep a lot of people. They were showing those reaction shots of people all through the arena. Oh, God. Which people just were devastated.
0: There was this overwhelming look of just like, well, there is fucking WrestleMania. And it yep. wasn't anger of like, damn it, Randy Orton, you beat the baby faces. It was just like, ah, fuck. No, yeah,
1: it was that realization of, well... Our main event is Batista Randy Orton. Like yeah, it, it seemed it was... likely up till then, but that was the confirmation of well, that's it.
2: It was sheer disappointment and dread. It was just ugh. I felt bad for them and then sunk into me that yep, that's
0: it. They just kept showing like face after face. Everybody had the same exact look.
2: It, it was a sea of angry Miz girls, essentially. You know, yeah. you know, what, you know what ran through my head? Have you seen that future? Armor episode where they're just from people in the volcano? It's Dead Jim. It's Dead Jim. Yeah. <laughs> that, was man- <laughs> that was mania. It's Dead Jim.
0: Wago, <laughs> oh. what did you think about the match, though?
2: The match? I actually really enjoyed the Elimination Chamber. I think it's not one of the best, but it fits in kind of the upper middle area. Um, Cesaro looked like a beast in it and uh, Daniel Bryan never disappoints Uh, I just didn't enjoy the ending of it with Kane interfering and it was so fucking predictable after he came down to the ring too so eh, the shitty ending but the bulk of the match was pretty fun
0: Alrighty, that'll rule us out for all of the elimination chamber stuff. Make sure you guys send your comments and tell us what you guys thought about all the, each and every matches, uh, each and every match that we had talked about. One last thing to do in the last part coming your way. Finally, let's go over some fantasy league stuff. Tell you guys what uh, changes have been made, if any changes have been made. Go through anything else that needs to be gone through. So I'm gonna pass this along to Peyton.
1: All right, we have successfully made our way through the second last session, which brings us into the final one going into WrestleMania. And as such, the scores are as such. Still in last place, number five is Steven Wago's team with 335 points. In fourth place is Miguel Leon's team with 490 points. Myself is in third place with 600 points and the big race that everyone is looking at. In second place, still, Tony Mango with 1,180 points, and in first, Team Drew Crew, Drew White's team, with 1,205 points. Now, before Elimination Chamber, that gap was, I believe, very close. I think you guys may have even been tied, or maybe it was only 5 or 10 points difference.
0: 10 points, I think.
1: Um, but after Elimination Chamber, it widened out to 30, and then through the events of Raw SmackDown, it's gone back down to 25 So things are very interesting there, and it's going to be something to definitely pay attention to as we're finishing up this final session going into WrestleMania, where points will be quintupled five times their normal amount. So a win at WrestleMania, 50
0: points. We're going to call that the Booker T. rule. Five times, five (laughs) times.
1: I like that. The Booker
2: T. rule. Yeah, (laughs) That's good.
1: That's good. Um so the only other thing we really got to talk about is if anybody wants to make any trades, uh, I'm not even sure what the waiver wire word is. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm first or not first. I'm probably last on it, but I don't want to trade anybody. I think Steven would be the first up or maybe no, Tony would be the first up. If you want to trade somebody,
0: I'm not picking anybody up from who's left over. I, nobody that's going to give me anything that still, uh, hasn't already been taken by somebody else.
2: All right. Way go. Well, Drew's in here. So I'm going to do this for 10 minutes and take up some time. <laughs> No, I'm good.
1: All right. I'm not doing anything either. So, no trades this week. Nothing exciting going on there. Just the general point report. Uh, but I'm sure things will be shaken up as we get closer to WrestleMania. People are going to be looking to set their strategies and uh, pay attention to that. And as always, for the full, complete rosters of who is on whose teams and for the uh, up to date scores and all that stuff, go to keepingkfabe.com or pay attention to the Keeping Kfabe Facebook page.
0: Now really pay attention to the week before WrestleMania Mm -hmm. that smack talk was probably going to be like, I'm dropping this dude. I'm dropping that dude. I'm dropping this one.
1: Oh, totally.
0: That's going to be chaos. And we're not going to end up having anywhere near close to the same teams that we have now. Probably.
1: Well, I'll tell you, I'm glad I grabbed the undertaker like a month month ago. So whenever I, whenever I grabbed him, um, and I almost thought about grabbing Brock Lesnar too, but now that definitely would have been a counteractive, um, thing to have done. (laughs) Um, but yeah, this is going to wrap up our first season. We learned a lot of things through this and we are going to be looking to change things up as we go to our second season next year. Yes, we will have a return to this. I definitely have a lot of ideas of things I want to change as far as rules and point structures and all that. But Hey, if you have any ideas from you yourself, the fans send it to me and I'll be happy to include it. I also got some uh, comments of some of you wanting to join it. Unfortunately, we, we just don't have the space to, to share it out. I mean, this isn't like baseball where you have hundreds of people to choose from to make teams. There's only about 40 people and even getting it for five of us, year was tough and then when we expanded out to i think we had six or seven maybe even eight we, we, we were really scraping the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> yeah to be fair how Those many times
2: ty- t- how many times have our own teams changed like kind of like I t- took one for Brandon, and fucking Burhan's team's gone to someone. It's just like, how many times is that going to happen if we t- start accepting a whole bunch of people? Right. Absolutely.
1: But uh, I will be happy to post the rules, and if some of you want to get together to form your own league, you are more than free to do that. I will forward you the spreadsheet I use to keep track of scores and all that, and you can do it yourselves, have some fun with each other. Um, it's certainly been fun for us, and you know, we could even fight for each other. You know, We can compare scores and see where we're all at. Yeah, yeah if, you, if you want to do that, you know, get in touch. Write something in the YouTube comments, and I'll I'll find a way to talk to you about it.
0: Yeah, but, you can always uh, talk to us on the uh, the Mega Maniacs Facebook group as well. Absolutely, I have a little home for different stuff on that if you're on Facebook. But that's gonna be it for this episode. And the last thing we do all the time round this out with some plugs. Starting off with Wego.
2: Okay, everyone, you can go ahead and check me out over on Addicted to Anime. We review um, an anime series every month and do dis- general anime discussions. The Facebook group is facebook.com slash addictedanimefans. Uh, also check out Unanimous Decision MMA, as I'm going to be rebooting the podcast up soon. Everything uh, falls under the UDMMA name, so facebook.com slash UDMMA. Twitter is at UDMMA.
0: Wago is also one of the newest recruiters for writing for smart out Moment. You can check out his uh, column, Getting Over, on the uh, Smarks Remarks section. He's got one up about the WWE Network right now. Oh, yeah, I should plug that. <laughs> I got you covered. We got we got to start
1: doing the Wago report card. <laughs> Peyton, you're up. Well, I can assume that everyone listening is a wrestling fan. So I got lots of stuff for you wrestling fans to check out. First off, I know most of you probably watch Monday Night Raw. And if you do, you should join us on Mega Powers Radio for the MPR Raw post show. When I say us, it's pretty much the same cast of characters you hear on Smack Talk. We all gather together there, talk about that evening's events that happened on Raw. And most importantly, we invite you, the listeners, to join the conversation. We have a phone line you can call in. We have a chat room that's rolling with lots of cool people talking. It's the most interactive show show that you're going to find in this collective we always invite you guys to get involved and we love having you on there so please listen in join in every monday night follow the conclusion of raw www.megapowersradio is the place to go but listen if you can't be there live but you still want to listen to these shows they're available in archive form on smartoutmoment.com the very site where you find this podcast you can also subscribe to it on itunes and stitcher by searching for npr raw post show Very simple to find. Also, folks, if you want to chat with us in between shows, because, of course, we have it show on Friday where we record, goes up on Saturday, and we have the interactiveness on the Monday night show, but all through the week stuff goes down, or maybe you just want to post something funny to share with other fans, why don't you join our aforementioned Facebook fan group? Address for that is www.facebook.com slash groups. Slash the mega maniacs. That's facebook.com slash groups slash the mega maniacs. That's for fans of all the shows that are in this collective. Lots of cool people in there. Lots of conversation going down every single day. Always a good time. I think I had something else. I don't know. I'm just going to cut it there. Have fun, everybody. Thanks, Tony.
0: <laughs> Next week, we are going to be doing a, an earlier episode of Smack Talk. We're going to be recording that on Wednesday night instead of Friday night, which we keep going back and forth between that. It all depends on different schedules and all that. And uh, the main event is going to be another finisher versus finisher. This time we're going to look at who does the powerbomb the best and makes that their own. And we're going to do variations of that as well. So we're going to you know, have the jackknife, the Batista bomb. We're going to group it all together. Next uh, week after that is going to be Fantasy Booking WrestleMania 30. I know a lot of people are always looking forward to that one. So if you have something that you want to send in to us, that's going to be up on the website a little bit before it's going to be on Smack Talk, but that's coming up soon. And on episode 123, which will be March 21st at 10 o'clock, Powers Radio, we are going to do the next live edition of Smack Talk, the road trip to WrestleMania, where we're going to answer all of your questions when you call in, as well as all the mailbag questions that you guys send in. Then we're going to finally have another wrestling with the past and eventually do our WrestleMania predictions and reviews. So that's what's coming up. For over the next couple of weeks for Smack Talk, but for episode 120, and for the panelists and for myself, obviously, that'll be it for this evening. This has been another Out moment, and we're being counted out. Five, two,
1: if you waited here for an outro, well, I'm afraid I got some bad news. There isn't going to be one, and you're going to get fat. <laughs>
2: Thank <laughs> <laughs> you.